0: If there's chinks in the armor, if there's holes in this, they 100% are going to show up down here, further down the road when things get wider and things get a lot more complicated. And that's where, that's where they're going to create hurdles that don't allow you to continue going forward. Okay, this is the fourth kind of sit-down. Um, how old are the puppies right now? 13 weeks. 13 weeks. Um, I'm gonna let you kind of go first on yours. We filmed this week with Blue, a nice little retrieving session. Um, I'll give you an update on where what we're doing. Um, it won't take long to explain where we're at, but why don't you start with you and yeah. Blue.
1: So we are...
0: Nice sweatpants today, by the way. Really dresses up for this, doesn't he, Logan? Okay. Um,
1: we have been working on retrieving in the hallway. That has gotten way better. Um you'll you'll see that.
0: You now, that. It's got you've seen a nice improvement, huh?
1: Yeah. In the hallway. Um, I guess I haven't thrown anything like you threw or throwing stuff for blue outside. I don't wouldn't even think of doing that right now. Um, but in the hallway, it's out and back now. And her delivery is getting better instead of, she, you know, she really likes to throw her head and chew and whatever else I've been working on. Forming that up and keeping her head up and not throwing it. And, you know, just kind of holding on to her that way when she comes in with it. But that's been going well, so we're going to continue doing that. Um,
0: struggle. I mean, other than that, she's really been... Okay, let's meds. talk on that. The last time we talked, I think was you brought up concerns with retrieving because you weren't sure if she would bring it all the way back and thought that she would stop halfway, right? Yeah, lay down chew on it. Because that's what she does with sticks. And so, up so that held you up from making those retrieves. The reason I bring it up is I think it's a good thing to think about going forward for you and for people to think about with their dogs is that stopped you from working on something. You got a little concern with what are the results going to be. You expected to have a certain type of result, and that stopped you from doing it. And when I think we talked, I think I put a little bit of pressure probably in your mind of pretty soon they're going to be teething. 13 weeks, you've probably got three or four weeks left in their teeth until they start teething. And then you're not making any retrieves with them. So your window for good retrieving early on, kinda kinda like I'm looking at it like with Makina, it's the idea of waking up the bird dog in her. This is waking up the retriever in them. Mm-hmm. And I try to take advantage of it. I think it's the same thing with recall. I try to take advantage of they want to be with us and come to me before they recognize and realize that they don't have to. Same with retrieving. So that's important just to understand You were have you had concerns, you were having issues, you had concerns with it, which slowed you down from working on it. You worked on it because we talked about it and I kind of said, well, you better get going. Mm -hmm. And then you saw what Blue was doing probably, that probably helped motivate you a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then you started working on it and now a week, roughly a week later, if you rewind what you just said, things are getting really good. It's actually going pretty good. Yeah. I think that's important to recognize you won't get better at stuff if you don't work on it. Yeah. Now, there's also that, the opposite of that, where sometimes I'll tell people, take a break. Well, taking a break is different than not doing it at all out of fear. So, it's a fine line of not trying to ram through something, but also not trying to avoid it in order to find results. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense.
1: So what's, what else? Um, I mean, still with sticks, it's like, should probably bring it to me 30% of the time. Or pick up a stick and actually bring it to me, which is better than
0: what it was. I mean, it was none of the time. Um, what do you do? I mean, I, I guess my thought is is that's a phase. That's something that dogs are going to. Yeah. Blue, I blue light sticks to chew on too, but I just leave, I ignore them. 99% yeah, of the time. so that if he'll like, come to me good if he doesn't come to me. I ignore him. Yeah, him, so that's let it lose it Initially,
1: I was like looking at every time she'd pick up a, a stick like okay I gotta try and make it a mini retrieve right well, then she would never bring it to me Right, and I think that's a good idea if he likes to retrieve yeah. and has a natural delivery yeah, take advantage she, of it which she but avoid it. Yep. Yeah, so now it's kind of gotten to the point where like most of the time I'm just ignoring it uh, sometimes I'll try and get her to come to me with it and if she doesn't come, I'm going to keep going, right? Yeah. So, You know, and then there's other times where it's like, like there's a few times now, and you saw it the other morning, where she'll get something that I don't want her to have, like a plastic bag or whatever, something that she sh- I can't let her sit there and chew on because I don't want her to eat it, and, you know, that's no good. Like, and Oshkosh was junk all over the place, right? So there was last week there she picked up,
0: I forget what it was, I don't know, plastic bag or something. Logan think thinks blue. your hair looks good on camera, so uh, he recommended the hat, yeah. but I think it's whatever you prefer.
1: So, like, like, there's times where she she's picked up, like, I don't know, a plastic bag or cardboard or, you know, something I don't want her to have, and then it's, I can't get her to come back with, with it, and I don't want to chase her to catch it, so right. it's like, so then it's like, Okay. I try and like move off, and you know, gear to come with me, get her, come with me, and then she'll go flying by me with her, and I'll, you know, as she's come by, I'll reach down and grab her, or catch her that way, you know. So I don't know. That's those are moments where it's like I'm torn as to
0: what I should yeah, do. Yeah, you, you got to get through it. That's yeah. the answer. You get through it. So yeah. you might you might tease her with something. You I I made retrieves with her last night. Uh, she's not good at retrieving outside, but I wanted to use the scented tennis ball. So this was an improvised thing. I had a tennis ball that I put in my pocket here. I pitched a scented tennis ball, grouse, grouse scent on the tennis ball into the cover. Wanted to work on opening her nose up a little bit. So she hunted that cover and I gave her a little hunt command and she found it. But she's you know how good of a retriever she is. Inside, she's pretty good. Outside, not at all. So I had another tennis ball and it proved for to get her to come right to me and she'd spit that tennis ball out looking at the next one. So I don't recommend that necessarily to train a dog to retrieve. Instead, I would say master it inside, take it outside. But I needed I needed the idea of a retrieve to connect it and hitch it to the idea of use your nose to find something. So I did my best to make it work. So yeah, she's got a piece of plastic first off. I, you know, it's not likely to swallow it that quickly so I'm not too worried about that but if it's getting so so find a stick find a rock find something because I have noticed too that with her especially like I quit freaking out about her picking stuff up and running around with it and the reason is is because she actually loses interest in it pretty quickly so the 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 stuff the garbage the whatever yeah if you can minimize the opportunity for it that's best if they get it I think what you can do is let them let it bore, let it wear itself out. I went for the walk this morning and Blue picked up a big chunk of deer hide that he found in the ditch. Instead of me going over there, no, I don't want him eating it. But what is it? It's hair. It's, he's not going to, nothing's going to, he's going to, I, so what I did was instead of going to get it from him, instead of, if I called him to me, he probably would have brought it to me. But I didn't want to touch it myself. So I let him fool around with it. I just kept walking And the other dogs kept going, and pretty soon I noticed him running and carrying it, and then pretty soon he dropped it, and he just kept moving. And so he ended up forgetting about it himself, and it's on to the next thing that's more interesting. So sometimes I think you can accelerate that process to find the next thing that's more interesting to take the other thing away. Makina had a hat out of the garage yesterday, and she was running hot laps in the front yard. And so I took a tennis ball in my pocket and I walked out there and I kind of did this and I made a scene with... Actually, I made a scene with a different plastic bag and I made some noise with it. She got real interested and she dropped the hat and left the hat, came over by me to see what is this. So is that the long-term fix? No. Is that the short-term way to just get through this phase? Probably. So the my my point with it is... is is. Don't let it wear you out. I can yeah. sense sometimes your frustration with this stuff, and you got to look at it and just kind of laugh and be like, "They're a puppy. Get yep. through it. It's not the end of the world. You're not going to have one thing happen and all of a sudden it's unrecoverable."
1: Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, we've been ignoring it, it has definitely helped. Like she'll lose interest in sure. sticks, especially she'll, she. You know, she'll eventually she'll pick one up, up. She'll carry it around for a while, then she'll drop it or she'll. Sometimes find she'll the next bring back to me, and then all of a sudden she'll find another stick. Right. She's got that one, or whatever. Right. So that's getting, I mean, I'm not, that I'm not worried about it anymore. Um, what I am struggling with now is recall. Yeah, 13 she, weeks old. Yeah, she's, she's right on schedule. She's really decided now to, you know, she likes to blow me off now. Yep. You know, so Not it's, surprising.
0: She's right on schedule.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's been... Like it got to the point you saw it yesterday. I put her on a lead when I go, yep. up. and that's because, what you do, yeah. And that actually helped too with the picking up of random sure, shit. You,
0: got, you took control back,
1: Yeah, And I can actually like now when she picked up, was, either I'd either correct her or if she already had the stick, I'd you know use it almost as a check cord and get her to come and make a nice delivery to me. So
0: yeah. So the thing about that is, is so now we're tar- now we start talking about some sequencing stuff. So you put her on a lead because you have to if that dog doesn't respond well to pressure on the neck, you're going to have an issue because you're going to turn into a battle with this dog. Now, she yeah. might give. I don't know how she's doing with yeah. it. But if she, if the dog decides to turn that into a fight, you don't want to be on the other end of it. So tying the puppy out, you could tie the puppy out. You could do tie-out with the puppy at the shop. Yeah. You could do tie-out at home and then let the dog start to discover and understand to give to the pressure of the neck which will help you when you start, because now, now that you're forcing yourself to have to do leash work, you better start thinking about putting the dog on a lead. Now it's the time to start walking, walking the puppy on a lead and start introducing the understanding of where's heel. Yeah. And
1: we have been, um, uh, we, cause I've been taking her for walks, you know, on the weekends, I got to get her exercise and I've been living in the city. So yeah, I'm taking her for walks on the sidewalk. Right. So I've been putting her probably a week ago, I started doing it where I'll put her on that Leading right the flat collar, you got him, and she I mean, she responds really well to the pressure. I mean, I can just she almost heals already, like, she perfect. just naturally files in perfect. Then, but then it gets to the, that's going to make it easier to get through this
0: shitty recall series,
1: yeah. Period, yeah. So, and then I was going to ask you, like, you know, I got it when I put her on the lead, like, when I put her on the lead to take her outside, I'm just kind of letting her. I'm almost just, like, following her yep. around. Like, yep. if she pulls up the lead. Yep. if Yep. If she pulls, I'll, you know, yep. I'm not going to give, uh, but I'm kind of just following right. her around. Whereas, totally. other times we're going for walks, I'm like, right. I'm almost kind of demanding heel work,
0: you know, that's, half-ass heel
1: work out of her. That's just so like, you.
0: So, there's context there. Just because you're on the lead, eventually when you go on the lead, we want you to take heel position. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what heel position is yet. So... You'll she'll learn what heel position is by taking and making these little micro sessions of heel position. Understand where you should be. You're not there yet. You need to have her start learning that part, but also understanding that when I'm on that lead, I gotta get out and go to the bathroom, I gotta mm-hmm. do my business. So you don't have to be in heel position to go to the bathroom. You don't have to be in heel position to do your business. But what you have to do is realize you're at this point now where you are asking you are taking some control back of that puppy so it can't turn into a negative thing where the dog fights you on the lead and it doesn't sound like you're there so yeah she doesn't have to be in heel position to go to the bathroom but what's going to have to happen is is pretty quickly here and maybe you maybe you because you've gotten to this point of she's pretty good on the lead and doesn't fight it Maybe you don't need real formal heel work right now until you get through this part where you can get back into the idea of letting the dog go to the bathroom without having to put it on a lead. Either way, at some point, you're going to have to start timing in. There's a difference between taking a dog for a walk. That's not teaching heel work. Teaching heel work happens in a space no further than me to that camera away. It's go and turn, 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 go and turn until the dog realizes I've got to stay in a certain spot. That's a big difference between here and taking the dog and walk out and let it go to the bathroom or do a little exercising in town that's free but not 100% free because I can't get you back. Yeah. There's, there's two different things there. Yeah. So when you start talking about heel work, I don't want to hear the idea of we're taking the dog for a walk. No, you don't, that's not where you learn how to go to heel. I like dogs to go to heel, understand how to go to heel. Before I take dogs for walks on leashes, but I live out in the country, yeah. so my dogs go for walks all the time. Blue goes for blue. Blue walks a mile and a half this morning. He'll walk a mile plus this afternoon. I like their I like giving them exercise. I like myself exercise. He's not been on a leash yet. He just walks with me. I've got videos of it where I heal her on a lead, and he's healing with us. He's getting bigger now, and he'll get out a little bit, but he'll walk with us a lot. Not, so I have the ability to take him for lots of walks and I want him to explore, build confidence. I think you need to be doing that too. You want her out and about. You want to move through the woods and have her move with yep. you. Just like we do with that pointing dog. Just like we do with, with our, our flushing dogs. But you need to have it so that the heel work is different than taking the dog for a walk. Once you start having the dog understand heel work, your walks will get better. Your walks will be opportunities to practice heel. But you've got to be careful because with those little dogs, there's that that kind of middle ground where they don't understand what heel is, so you have to have realistic expectations of their ability to focus for that duration of time. But you also have to figure out how to exercise them, which I prefer to do that off-lead. So I think you may need to start finding a spot to go for off-lead walks. Yeah, and we
1: have been. I mean, it was a... Pretty much every day at
0: the end of the day, I, I'd take her into the woods. Yeah, but I'm saying way. Oshkosh. So you're yeah, in Oshkosh, you sure, got sure. to put the dog in the sure. lead because you're in town. I would put the dog in the car or the truck and maybe find a spot where you sure. can walk him off. Yeah, and we actually, off. and I filmed this this week, this past weekend, there's a
1: there's a walking trail along the river that goes through campus, and there's usually not many people on it. So, like, I, I walk her on lead from my house. It's probably 500 yards from the house to this trail, and then when we get to the trail, it, I take her off and I just let her free
0: roll sure. and go on. But for a while. you're telling from what you're telling me, you're ahead of us. You're probably getting close to the idea of why not start implementing a little bit of heel work. Yeah. And that's really soft and subtle heel work. It's not very demanding heel work. Yeah. But it's it's you could do it in this kitchen because all it takes is the dog understanding the position. Heel is understanding position. It's not walking the dog. It's... Where the dog needs to be in relationship to me, yep. and so their right shoulder, my left knee—that's where I like them. So, how do you do that? Well, you walk three, four steps and turn. Walk three, four steps and turn. And as the dog gets out in front, you correct them and get him back mm-hmm. to you. That's where—that's where you probably could start. I'm—I could start it probably any day with Blue too, but I just don't have a feel for it. I don't have a feel for a need for it right now. Yeah. But that—that is the difference. So. Yeah, it's context. I, I think in he, when you're asking the dog to heal, they need to be in a position. When you're asking the dog to relieve themselves, go to the bathroom, run a little bit and exercise, that leash is not a training thing right now to teach the dog to heal or be on lead. The lead is because I can't call you back. Yeah. This takes away your freedom to a- avoid my control of you. So... So what is the red flag that comes up to me there? It's not teach the dog to get good on the lead. That's for heel. Yeah. To te- it's to teach the dog to come back to you. Mm-hmm. So now I look at it and I go, how do you do that? Well, practicing less distracting conditions, you might go to kibble right now. If you can't get that puppy to come to you, go back to kibble for a little bit yeah. and watch what will happen. All of a sudden, she'll, think, she'll start to think you got kibble. Now, I don't like tree training. But I like conditioning a good habit. And if the yeah. dog starts thinking that there's possibility for food and you praise him instead of the food eventually, and they get that habit of, come to me, now you've just fast forwarded through the problem. Another way to do it is re- reverse heal. Yeah. But you can't reverse heal if you don't know how to heal. Yeah. So that's all why that stuff is kind of tied together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would say like, even when I got her outside off lead, it's like, like, it's probably...
0: Fifty percent of the time she'll come back when I call her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're it's, right it's, on the it's a not for a I don't, disaster. Yeah. Like yeah. if it becomes more than fifty percent she doesn't, that's a habit for her. Because yeah. that's more that's the majority of the time. So you can't have that. Yeah. So you have to put her on a lead, in my opinion. Fifty yeah. percent of the time is not good enough to roll the dice. Yeah. Because you're gonna create more negative effects than positive real quickly. So yeah, you gotta put her on a lead. But what it tells me is Yes, you, it's time to start working on lead work, but not to get... Re, it's, the lead work part is separated from the idea of taking the freedom away from recall. Mm-hmm. Now you work on recall. Get recall better so that you don't have to put her on the lead when you go yeah. outside. Yeah. And you can just call her and she'll come back to you. Yeah. So that's, so you got to treat... Don't treat symptoms, treat illnesses. Mm-hmm. And the illness right now is her recall is no good. Mm-hmm. So work on recall... This, the way you're going to treat the symptom is put her on a lead. Well, in order to put her on a lead, you got to have some understanding of how to handle yourself on a lead, which means you might as well start working in on some heel work. Yep. So the, the good part of this conversation is it's a hopefully painting a picture of it's not compartmentalized into do this until completion, then do this until completion, then do this until completion. And this whole road of training this retriever is These little windows or boxes of information that need to be taught, understood, and mastered. Taught, understood, mastered. No. You teach, and then you start teaching this, and you start teaching this, and you start teaching this, and you start... They're all overlapping each other. Because some of them are really directly linked to the next, and some of them just coincidentally happen to fall into the same time period. Mm -hmm. And some of them might have some similarities. So, you've got to paint the whole picture not just one tree or one leaf of the tree at a time. You gotta, you gotta work on the whole thing. Okay. Yep. What else? Want to hear about blue? Sure. What, Logan? I got something. So From up, an outsider's perspective. Yeah. Uh, I think like if I don't, I think if Ben didn't work here around dog training all the time, you would probably be way less frustrated with how Cleo's doing with her training. All the time, probably. Yeah, I think you probably have some pretty high expectations, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think what needs to happen is what you need to work on getting better at, you, you, you have understanding. You have a dog that's real willing to do it. You've got a lot of really good things going for you. What I think you probably need the most improvement on is patience, yeah. which I think that's probably something that's relatable to most people. The problem is, is imagine this, imagine your lack of patience or frustration coupled with no knowledge or little understanding of what you're really doing with a dog that doesn't necessarily have really good natural instinct and traits. That could be a real disaster. You combine all that stuff together, man, that can get really messy. So you got to work on what you can control, which right now probably is what he's saying is be patient and just... Let the puppy be a puppy, makes sense for you to hear. That doesn't mean let the puppy be a terror, because she's got more zip and she's got she's. Lillian would say she's pretty feisty. Yeah, she'll
1: she'll chew on anything and everything that she can get her hands on. Like when she's on her place bed all day, she's lean. You know, she's got her head down, looking
0: for rocks or chewing on the corners. Right. So you know. So I look at that, and you can look at that out of frustration and be pissed off about it, and damn it, why can't I get you to stop doing that? Or you could look at it how I look at it and go, a well-bred retriever wants something in her mouth. Yeah. So I look at it, it doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make this it any, like, I don't want them carrying all that stuff, but it's all about how you perceive it. And yeah. so I look at it and go, you know what? Don't let it bother you. Yeah. Actually recognize it, that it's probably something that's, uh, beneficial in the long run. Yeah. So yeah, I just get, take like, a deep breath. Probably with you is is probably necessary. Yeah. Like I sometimes I feel like
1: like I'll get you know I sit there and I'm, I watch her all day just trying to chew on the corners and correct her for that and then she's chewing on rocks. Let her figure for that. You know, Some is of it, Am well, I being too like micromanaging of her? Probably. You know. If, if I, that's kind of how I if feel. If she is,
0: continues to get rocks, you're setting her up to fail. Put her where there's no rocks and keep her there. Yeah. If, if she's getting off the bed, that's your fault. You are not timing your corrections out and you're not putting in enough, you're not giving enough pressure to the dog to change the behavior. So my answer to that is don't maybe put her in the position of place when you're working on work. If you can't spend enough time focused on it, mm-hmm. put her in her crate. She will not bother you in the crate. She will not make a mistake in the crate. And then what I say is go home or have a window of time where you can pay close attention to her. And when she makes the first inclination to come off of the place, correct her sharp, crisp, fairly, Mm -hmm. and with enough pressure that she doesn't do it again. And then all of a sudden she goes, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And the behavior changed. And now you do that enough times, which doesn't take very many, and all of a sudden she's not coming off of her place to get that rock that she shouldn't have been able to be close to in the first place. So where does this whole situation come back to? How you set her up. Yeah. So sometimes the best thing for the dog, you know, you want to have the dog out, you want to have the dog in place, and you want to have all that stuff. If you're not ready for it, don't do it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Work on Figuring out how to get it so that you can do that. So, I think that paying attention to those details, you paying attention to those details, and making sure that, you know, the frustrating parts come when it, the dog continues to do it over and over again and we can't get them to, to do it right. That's, that's when it gets frustrating. Mm-hmm. Well... The answer to that is pay attention to the point where you train it right the first time and until they're ready to to take the next step don't do it it's always us it always comes back to us because like at least from like a perspective thing like like sometimes I think you look at it like man I can't believe she came off her place and I look at it like man I can't believe she only came off her place one time like yeah. Especially I mean that's, in the shop is so distracting. There's people walking around, with the mailman's coming in, there's a machine, there's a yeah. sewing machine running. And that's like, and it's that's probably a lot less controlled than what Blue has up here on place just like being quiet with you on the computer type stuff. Yeah, could be. But either way, it doesn't matter. If the dog's got to if the dog isn't ready to go through it, don't put him in position. That's a that's a life rule. That's that's everything we do. So, and then don't get frustrated about it. Instead, learn from it and go, Well, I better make a change. Yeah. I'll make a change. And then, I mean, she's been on place since she was eight weeks old. Mm-hmm. So it, she's already ahead, put it that way. Yeah. She's way ahead of where she needs to be. Don't rush, continue to rush that in com- with, with incomplete parts. Mm-hmm. Because that is going to erode, erode, erode. And what ends up happening is it, it probably does look really good to Logan right now. But the problem is, is if there's chinks in the armor, if there's holes in this, they 100% are going to show up down here, further down the road when things get wider and things get a lot more complicated. And that's where that's where they're going to create hurdles that don't allow you to continue going forward. So with blue, I haven't even taught him to sit down. So, we're going to do that, actually, I think, today. I haven't had a need to. That's why. Um, I have started kenneling him. I've been feeding him in his kennel. I've been giving him a little bit of a kennel command. He shoots into that kennel now because of a couple days of feeding in it. So, um, I'm working on that. Recall. He follows me around really well. I continue to just kind of piggyback on his natural stuff there. Retrieve. Same. Um think about it and I go, a 13-week-old dog has probably, he's been with me an awful lot. He's been learning almost through like environmental osmosis. Like he's just been absorbing good habits. It hasn't been very formal. My training sessions like in this series, as this series develops, my formal training sessions with him, I don't know that I've done but a, a couple of them. And so do I need to start? Yeah, if I want to get the dog to sit reliably, I'm going to have to do, start doing some of that. And I, part of it probably is that I haven't had a need to because he's very close to me all the time and he comes up and he fl- plops down and he sits pretty naturally anyway. So I haven't really worked on it for that reason. I haven't felt the need to. But I also haven't had a chance to film it. And so I've kind of kicked some of the training down the road, which is the opposite mindset of those who are watching this i think a lot of times we get new puppies home and we're so gung-ho about training them we're so gung-ho about getting all this stuff done that we saw on instagram and we're going to do the same thing and it's why we see these i i don't know who i saw him do it first but several years ago i started seeing people like almost do like canine tactical type looking drills with eight, nine, ten week old puppies with bowls of food. And they're just, they're, they're, it's like an agility slash canine demonstration is what it looks like to me. And I think they look really ultra impressive. And I think they look extremely advanced for how young these dogs are. And I think it makes the trainers look like Zeus. I think it makes you look really good. And I think people have just gotten on this trend, if you will, of that and are like, I want my 10-week-old puppy performing all these circus-type tricks. And, 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 and that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. And I, I hear people say, well, we're, we're teaching them how to learn and all that stuff. And a lot of it is this treat-related thing. And I look at it and I go, my dog doesn't do shit. He doesn't do, he doesn't do anything right now. He just behaves really well. But he doesn't do anything fancy like that. He doesn't do anything that's gonna blow your hair back. It's not gonna make you be super impressed. You're gonna look at me and go, man, I I will be the first person to say he doesn't do anything. But he does everything that he does well. And I think that you can you you can be way ahead of me at 13 weeks. I'm not saying you personally, but like some of these types of trainings are way ahead of me, way advanced, placing from across the room and jumping on place and All this stuff. But I'll tell you right now, Blue is rock solid on his bed. He won't come off. In all the distractions in the world. He comes to me in all the distractions in the world. He came through a hundred acres of popple slashings just to my voice recall the other day when we were hunting after he bumped into a woodcock that was pointed out by a setter. So like, he's doing some stuff that I'm going, now that's really nice stuff. He's doing all that stuff with very little, it's very natural, and we're, we're giving him some opportunities, I think, to succeed that way. He's not as advanced as some, but I look at it like we're in the warm-ups of the game. If, if training Blue to be a gun dog or whatever he's going to end up being is a game, you know, if it's football, it's four quarters. If it's basketball, it's two halves or whatever it is. If it's a game... Like at thirteen weeks old, we didn't even get out of the locker room yet. So like I don't think it matters. You're not going to lose the you're not gonna lose the game because someone else has their sneakers on faster than you. And I think that some people have to recognize that and take the pressure off and realize just develop as you develop. And that's what we're gonna that's what I am gonna be doing with him. You're more advanced than I am. I don't think you're pushing your dog by any means. But I don't know that I think it's a, I think some people, with some folks, it's a, a preference and a style and, and that's more power to them. I, I'm not knocking it by any means. I, I think it's great to look at. I think it's impressive. I think it's not good if people start second-guessing and doubting themselves because of it. So we're just fine. These dogs should be just fine. And that I think has to be your attitude. I think you have to kind of embrace that stuff. Yeah. So you can't break them. I don't. You can't break them this quick. You, you have to really try. You could do some things like intro to gun and stuff that could be really devastating, but we're not doing that. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. We're talking about just just getting the dog, just getting the dog in motion, getting them in the mo- in movement forward, as far as progress goes. Right. Yeah. Okay.